Welcome to a very special edition of the Impact Nations podcast. My name is Tim. I am your host, and I am joined today by Mum. You can call her Christina. I call her Mum because she'd probably hit me if I called her Christina. Uh, <laughs> and my very good friend, Annabelle. And Annabelle has come to us all the way from Uganda, and she's in the middle of a tour of America. And she has uh, been with us for about 24 hours here in Albuquerque and is with okay. us for another 24 hours. And uh, we're really, really, really pleased to have you, Annabelle. So thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, Tim and Mom. I'm so glad that I got to meet Impact Nations in the USA. In the USA. Yes. Indeed. We've come to your place, but mm-hmm. this is your first time at this our place. This is my first time, yeah. yeah. We're sure. really glad to have you. Um, Annabelle, for those who don't know, is a bit of a hero around here. And I, I, oh. I was just telling her that a few minutes ago. Um, if you've been hanging around Impact Nations for any time, you know that... Uh, Annabelle and her ministry, the Remnant Generation, mm-hmm. are a, really a key component of our work in Uganda. Mm-hmm. And Annabelle, in just a moment, I'm going to have you just tell people a little bit about what the Remnant Generation does. Mm-hmm. Um, we, If you go to impactnations.com and look at a variety of projects there, you are going to see a number of things that we're doing in partnership with the Remnant Generation. And when mm-hmm. you hear us talking about the Remnant Generation, uh, Annabelle is the, the founder of are you president? Uh, like king, queen? Um, of, uh, you can't be a king. That's not yeah, right. Get, you can get all the complicated titles. Yeah. But I'm just a, some, a humble servant of God. <laughs> <laughs> did, That's what it is. But you make it happen. Yeah. Uh, and you've got an amazing, capable team. We were talking about that over yes. lunch yesterday, about how awesome right. it is that you can mm-hmm. kind of leave things behind and know that everything's going smooth. Yes. But ultimately, uh, you are the one who carries the vision, mm-hmm. founded this thing, yeah. and... Uh, are, and, and continue to move it forward into the vision the Lord's given you. So um, why don't you, just for our listeners who maybe are new mm-hmm. to Impact Nations, new to the Remnant Generation, could you just tell them a little bit about the Remnant Generation, what you guys do, what your vision is? Yeah, Thank you, Tim. Um, the Remnant Generation, first of all, the word remnant means survivor. So mm. many times people want to ask, um, oh, the remnant generation, that's like a weird name to give a ministry. So the word remnant means survivor, really taken out of the context of scripture mm-hmm. uh, with Isaiah 61, just, um, you know, the spirit of like the I, prophet Isaiah just bringing out a very powerful component of what God's heart is for the broken and abused. And I say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me uh, to preach good news to the poor and to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor mm-hmm. and to uh, just bring healing to those um, that have been uh, through, you know, brokenness and restoration. So, from that place in Isaiah 61, I found the Lord, you know, I, when I read that scripture, it just kind of stepped out of the Bible and became flesh for me. And when I continued to read through the entire scriptures, you know, in the Bible, I realized that every time God made a promise of restoration, every time God made a promise of, um, you know, re- reestablishing a nation, rebuilding people, uh, giving hope, giving beautiful ashes, he was speaking of a remnant, you know, a remnant people. There is a group called the remnants. And when you, you know, read through in the entire, you know, many places in the Old Testament, in Second Kings, in, jo- uh, in the books of Joshua, you know, God kept on talking about remnants. And I realized that in every generation, there is a remnant generation. There are people that survive. And in our context under the remnant generation in Uganda, these are survivors of sexual abuse and teenage mothers. Girls that potentially could not have made it that would have either, you know, had had to die at the abortion tables or at a herbalist trying to get rid of a pregnancy, girls that whose destinies were, you know, the enemy had just uh, brought them to a place where they are going to just be crushed and their children uh, as well, and realize that. Um, but yet there is a promise in the Bible that God redeems and restores that generation Amen. and gives them a hope and a purpose. So our work is really to go and rescue these girls that are survivors of sexual abuse and teenage mothers, girls as young as 11, 12, yeah. um, that have been abused by people that were supposed to protect them. Yeah. Um, last year we had 80% of our cases being incest cases. Yeah. Um, girls are being abused by their fathers 
mothers, girls that have been abandoned, uh, many of them getting pregnant and chased away from home and ending up on the streets, uh, many of them rescued from a place of, you know, wanting to commit suicide and ending their lives. And, um, you know, God has given us, you know, has called us to rescue these girls. We provide a safe space for them. We have um, what we call the princess shelters where we work to restore hope and bring healing and enable these girls to basically realize who they really are in God. Mm. Um, and as opposed to who, what the, what the world has said that they are um, in Africa, you know, in many places when a girl gets pregnant or uh, when you have suffered abuse, that's like a right of, you know, for a lifetime of failure, you are sentenced to a lifetime of failure. You lose school opportunities. You lose family connections. You are non, You cannot even fit in church because you are the worst sinner ever. So um, our restoration program really looks at seeing how we bring these girls back, you know, be restored to themselves, first of all, and their identity in Christ, and then restored to family. Uh, bridging, you know, uh, uh, those broken, uh, bringing um, a rebridge basically of broken relationships between girls and their families and where possible to reunite and resettle these girls with family and where it's not possible to help these young mothers start a life with their baby as a family unit. Yes. Um, And then while we are doing that, a big component of that as well is repurposing, where we work to uh, to enable these girls realize that out of pain, there is purpose. Mm. They can still dream. They can still they can use their pain and um, the unfortunate circumstances of their lives as a springboard, you know, to become everything that God has created them to be, to use their testimony, to use their pain and tears as, um, you know, um, a, 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 a stepping stone to reach greater heights. So we do. We have a school of purpose, which mm-hmm. is which would have been without Impact Nations. <laughs> uh, there is no story of the school of purpose without mentioning Impact Nations, and uh, where we do vocational skills training and business training and mindset change and discipleship yeah. for these young mothers and young women at risk of abuse in our communities. And um, at at the end of that journey, which is usually three to nine months, mm-hmm. they, these girls graduate and are able to either get into employment or start small businesses. And at the end of the day, we we want to see that girls are not just surviving, but they are thriving. So from rescue, restoration, repurposing at the end of the road, our goal is to see every girl and their child thriving in a safe and loving family. Mm. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I love it. I've got loads of questions, and and folks, mm. if you're watching online, we've got uh, the YouTube comments in front of us here. So if you have a question for mm. Annabelle uh, or for Mumurai, uh, feel free to type that in, and we would love to interact with you in that way too. Um, here's here's one question, just in terms of your history. Mm-hmm. How long ago did you guys start, and what's changed in that time? Like when you started with this vision of we've got to rescue mm-hmm. these girls mm-hmm. who are um, suffering from this abuse, mm-hmm. um, incest, um, teenage pregnancy, things like that. When you started, um, what did it look like and what does it look like now? How long ago was that, by the way? Really, uh, the vision or the idea of rescuing girls for me started when um, I was rescued myself. Mm. Um, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse and child marriage. And really, this ministry comes from a place of my personal life experience and pain that I have, you know, been blessed that the Lord has taken that and made something beautiful out of and given me purpose to live for. Uh, so, from way when I was a child, my prayer was like, Lord, if you give me a second chance to life, hmm. I would love to do the same for other girls. Wow. I was supposed to die, Tim. Hmm. I was supposed, I was going to commit suicide when I was in senior three because I felt I carried the world's heaviest loads on my shoulders. I kept on wondering why me, you know, why, why I had to be a child coming from a very broken home and carrying just so much pain and having to be abused and not talk about it and having to not have the opportunity to just live a normal life like any other children and having to care for my siblings at a young age and having to be a house help and work in people's gardens. Like kind of, it just felt like the whole weight of the world, you know, was carried on my shoulders and I was ready to take my life. And the night that I was supposed to die is the night that I gave my life to Christ. Wow. 
because God moved one woman um, that I respected honor so much who was a teacher, my school teacher, who sent for me and, you know, and said the Holy Spirit told her to send for me and just to ask me, how are you? You know, how are you? So I showed up to her room and she asked me, how are you and how are you doing? And I just, I didn't know how to tell her, you know. And she kept on insisting, you know, that you can talk to me. What is it that is bothering you? And that is the first time I got to just open this box of anger and resentment and bitterness. And um, I got to share with her everything that I've been through and the fact that I wanted to take my life. And that night is when she led, she led me to the Lord. And uh, and she's prophesied many things. But one thing that I really remember, I'll never forget, is like, you know, she said, God is going to use you mightily to redeem generations. Mm. And I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> but from that moment, God has been so intentional. Um, you know, he led me on to a journey, reaching girls. I started going every holiday to, you know, to communities in the villages. There's a community back home called the Antonde. That's where we really started. Mm. Um, started going out to, you know, to just do outreaches because I heard that this were, this is a, a community where it was just like the order of that day. Men will find girls on the road going to the, to the well and just, you know, kidnap them and rip them and and the following day they show up at the parents home with maybe you know two bottles of beer and it's okay for them to take these girls as their wives so started from there really just going and doing outreaches and mobilizing friends to get you know clothes to get shoes like to do i mean get sanitary pads for girls and just listening to girls and the more we did these outreaches the more we went down into rural areas into communities into schools and listening to stories of girls um i i realized we just couldn't leave it at that and just meet them there and you know speak hope by by mere word, you know, by yeah. lip service. Um, I learned uh, that, you know, when, when whenever Jesus was preaching to the hungry, he gave them food. Yeah. When he went to, to, the, to those that were in prison, he set them free. When he went to the oppressed, to that, that people were oppressed by demons, you know, he, he had to bring deliverance. He just didn't speak about how great he was and mm. how God loves them and, and then walks away and yeah. leaves them in the real situation. So real transformation comes in when we step right into where there is need and bring about change and be the hands and feet of Jesus Amen. to the hurting. Yeah. So that is what really, uh, you know, that is how the Roman generation started yeah. then. I'm going to interrupt you real quick because I, I, I want to mm. just touch on something that you have just beautifully described. Mm. You you just beautifully described the, the mission of Impact Nations, which is mm. to rescue lives through both practical and supernatural demonstrations of the kingdom. And people sometimes ask us, ask me, how do you guys mm-hmm. find your partners? You know, how do you decide who you're going to partner with? Mm. Uh, and what we're listening for, folks, is what you just heard. Uh, mm. it, we're listening for that heart of mm. we can't just preach the gospel. We must demonstrate the gospel. But mm. also, we can't just do good deeds. We've got to accompany it with the power of the kingdom. Yes. And so when when I hear you share that, uh, you know, it, for me, it's just a – it resonates so much of like, oh, yeah. man, this this is why – we're brother and sister. This is why we, we just, we fight all the time. Yes, exactly. Um, but this yeah. is why we we're having so much fun yeah. building the kingdom together yes. because we're seeing the kingdom come in power and mm-hmm. transforming lives through both practical and supernatural Amen. demonstrations. So, sorry, that was a, just a, an interruption, but I, I think it's mm. what you just said is so helpful for people to understand why mm. we partner with folks like you. Yeah, thank you, Tim. And that's and just to build a little, you know, one more block to that. Mm. I was ri- driving with mom this morning, and um, sorry if I'm preempting that, mom. But um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that we've realized that when you are going to, you know change the narrative and bring transformation into communities, into societies. It is great to talk about it, but it's not enough. It is great for us to hold, you know, placards and go to the streets and say, end sexual abuse. It is great for us to say, you know, you know, run campaigns of, you know, we need to bring an end to, you know, end teenage pregnancy in Uganda. And when you, somebody hears that statement, it, if I'm a young girl and I'm already a teen mom and you're just saying end teenage pregnancy, okay, so does that mean kill me? Mm. Does that, you know, or end abortion. oh, yeah. yeah, does that mean that, you know, 
can I sh- I need to abort my baby? Mm-hmm. Does that mean that uh, you know I I should like that is I think a narrative gr- that has greatly also um, increased the stigma. Um, of 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 people that have already been through too much, so it's not. It's great to talk about it because I do talk. I mean, at home, um, for those that know me, my mouth doesn't keep quiet. I'm always, um, you know, talking, and I am glad that I have the opportunity to be on TV, to be on radio, uh, to be in newspapers, to be in spaces, both at government level and at local level, talking about these issues because information is powerful and ad- advocacy is very important. But more to that is really going down to those that have been affected and we are able to bring practical change. That is the re- that, re- that is where the redemption is because they are already aware of what's going on in their lives. They are already experiencing the pain. Yeah. And when we reach out and feed the hungry and clothe the poor and set the captives free, that is a mission. And, you know, if I remember correctly, when Jesus showed up, after he went, you know, 40 days of fasting and then shows up in the synagogue and opens the Bible, Guess what scripture he reads, mm-hmm. you know, Isaiah yeah. 61. That's right. And he just declared his manifesto right there. And I think he, there is that expectation for all of us Christians and children of God that are passionate about seeing transformation and doing advancing the kingdom of heaven to really know that we need to um, preach good news to the poor. We need to set the captives free, declare the year of the Lord's favor, uh, you know, provide a garment of joy for mourning and, you know, uh, do all those things that are in there because the Lord wants to establish his children so that they can be the planting of the Lord so that each one of us can flourish in our full callings, can have the opportunity and the right to just be children of God. I'm getting preachy right there. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, that is really where the remnant generation was birthed from. It is rise from that cry, from that desire to reach out to these girls and, um, and, and uh, rescue them. And so from outreaches then came, a realization that we needed to find a safe space. Um, in, each, in the starts, I had a small house that I called a beautiful apartment, and it was one room. <laughs> and this one room had 10 people living in it, and that was me and nine other girls. Mm. And each one of these um, girls had their unique story. You know, three were pregnant, um, others were just... Like life had had its fair doors on the, you know, onto them. They had suffered abuse. They were running away from, you know, uh, families that had rejected them. You know, just just girls that needed to be in a safe place. And I really don't know how they ended up in my house, but somehow they just ended up in there. And um, I also had my siblings, you know, that I had to raise from um, at a young age because my family, you know, was going through many struggles and my mom for a long time really did her best as a single mother to raise us up. Um, so I had this responsibility for my siblings and I had other nine girls that I had to take care of. So then my husband shows up on the scene, then my boyfriend, and then he says he wanted to marry me. Confused as I was, I said yes. So, and quickly realized that we needed to find a place to take the, <laughs> the girls. And um, so we had to find a shelter. And in 2000, and um, that was from 2011, really, is, is when we started moving, you know, the steps of realizing that we need to find a, a place, a shelter that needs to keep these girls and provide a safe space. We had done a lot of outreaches, but leave the girls there in abusive situations. So then you get to hear stories and, you know, you, you feel like it's like washing clothes and then hanging you know, the linen in mud. Uh, you've, you've been talking and restoring hope, but then you go back and it's just getting worse. So that is how the peace now for the shelter came in. And we started from a small, um, from, from my one room, then went to another house, um, uh, actually another office in Kosovo <laughs> with Pastor Deo Mwanje in a, in a small r- office room that was an Ascari's office that he gave us as office space. And then from there, to another three-roomed house with no beds, no mattresses, nothing, girls sleeping on the floor, and then to a bigger house that we moved to with six beds and six mattresses and almost 30 girls, and we had no mattresses and beds. And Impact Nations, 
That's when we met up. Yeah, that's yeah. when we met up. So we met um, David and Cynthia that I think then were part of the board um, of Impact Nations. They came and visited. And so they asked me, what do you need? And I told them, I have 30 girls that need <laughs> a bed and a mattress. And in two days, we had beds and mattresses, um, you know, bought and we rescued girls. And then they asked me the question of... Um, what else? And I say, the school of purpose, we need a skilling program for these girls. And again, impact nations, um, our destiny enablers are just, you know, stepped right in by faith. I was so humbled that we were, we didn't get asked. So how much money have you handled in the past years? Who are your donors? Uh, so, you know, what gave us the audited books of accounts or, you know, all these different things. They just... You just believed us in us. You just believed in the mission and you stepped right in. Mm. And hundreds of girls have been supported through the School of Purpose. Last year, we had the biggest number of girls being impacted by the School of Purpose. Over which, is, which is amazing because of you COVID. Know? So I want to back up just a little bit. Um, when you and I first met, um, I hadn't met Annabelle and we were on the phone before a journey of compassion. And I said, what could I'm, I'm, I have a team coming to you, Uganda and, and we have a couple of days we could give you. How can we, what could we do for you? How could we serve you? And you asked if we would be willing to paint. Mm -hmm. And I said, sure, we can paint. So I told everyone bring, bring paint clothes. And we knew about the, the pregnant girls mm -hmm. and the babies. And so we also um, gathered all kinds of stuff to bring with us. But I was so humbled the day that we arrived and we had devotions together and you told us what your prayer had been in January. Mm -hmm. Can you just tell them your, your simple prayer that you said to the Lord? So our simple prayer was that, Lord, we shall have this house painted so that it can be a warm home for the girls. A princess palace. A princess palace. <laughs> Um, mom, there is, when you are going to bring healing to somebody that has been broken, you like environment, the environment in which they live in the environment in which you serve them in is very important. Mm -hmm. We're thankful for our space. We looked at this house and it, it was great with dull walls, you know, with dirty uh, ceilings with boring lights and all these different things and we couldn't afford it right. that time but i i looked at these girls and just in reflection of what exactly that i had experienced when you have been abused one of the things that goes out of your life quickly is self-esteem mm -hmm. you'd start to think you don't deserve good things you don't deserve the best. You settle for less um, because the world shows you that you're second hand. You are, um, you know, useless. You're, you know, you're just like thrown away cutoffs. You know, everything that is valuable about you is, you know, gone because we are raised to treasure virginity as young women. And when it has been taken away in a way that is so disgraceful, then you just feel like all your life has lost yeah. complete dignity. Now, a healing environment is one that is also provide like it's it needs to be beautiful mm -hmm. and healing for girls to realize you know i can actually wake up there is this bright wall i can wake up and i have i can dream i can have good things i can mm -hmm. you know sometimes we've seen people you know and to no offense maybe they also cannot afford it but when you're doing charity and you're helping somebody and you want to leave them in very poor environments and that does not help with healing and mindset change mm -hmm. so our prayer was that lord you enable us you know create us as a princess palace uh, for these girls so that the walls can be brighter they can look at some butterflies they know that i can have a clean bed i can have my own bed you know yeah. it's a big deal it to have your own Africans. bed yeah. yes because we share our yeah. kids get to share beds yeah. a lot so but i can have my own bed my own blanket and yes they have come from worst, the worst of situations but it's okay for them to have the good things because God desires Amen. that for us. Yeah, it's beauty for us. Yes. That's all part of it. Exactly. So one of the reasons I wanted her to share that story is to encourage you, 
You know, you you might be in a situation where you feel like you don't deserve mm-hmm. and uh, where you don't dare to pray a prayer as simple as could we have paint for a princess palace. And I was in a situation of just simply saying, what can we do? I had no idea. This was like a major prayer initiative mm-hmm. that year with your staff. Yeah. And so one of the delightful things that we get to be all the time is an answer to someone's prayer. <laughs> and uh, we're having way too much fun. <laughs> and to be honest, we didn't expect you would say yes. Because it was like, well, Impact Nations, painting, like it looked like, you know, completely yeah. out of right. the But the other part of Beauty for Ashes yeah. has been the inner healing part. Mm-hmm. And that's been part of my joy is to to come and, and minister to the girls and, and the staff, mm-hmm. but then also uh, train and impart to the staff so that they now have the tools. Mm-hmm. Um, how big is your staff? 25. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. <laughs> I'm going to pass it back to you, Tim. I'm sure you <laughs> That caught me by surprise. That's amazing. So yeah. it, you a few minutes ago you told us you started with – uh, a one-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. with uh, how many people sleeping on the floor in there? Yeah. Ten. Ten people sleeping in a one-bedroom apartment, and now you no, have in a one one-room one apartment. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and now you have this amazing home, mm-hmm. and you've got a staff of twenty-five. Mm-hmm. You're doing outreach in multiple communities now. Yeah. I know. So I want to talk about that in a minute, but I'm going to pause for a commercial, if you will. I'm sure you'll permit me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I, no choice. Yeah, no, you don't. This is my show, so I'm in charge. You're the boss. I, <laughs> um, no, this is a commercial for you, yeah. actually, really. Um, listeners would know they've heard us advertising for this for a couple weeks now. We're in the middle of a campaign mm. called From Survive to Thrive. Mm. It was named that for a reason. You heard Annabelle earlier using that very language, actually. Uh, the idea is not just that we help these girls and their unborn babies mm. survive. Uh, and you talked about the threat to their life could be, um, you know, what, what we call here back alley abortions, you know, mm-hmm. unsafe abortion practices. Um, or it could just be very poor access to health care. They mm. don't have access to the doctors and, and nurses and prenatal care that they need. Mm. Um, but it's more than just help them survive but it is then leading them into a new life where they're thriving mm-hmm. uh, and so in this month until uh, may 23rd we are doing the from survive to thrive campaign where we are looking to raise enough funds to rescue 100 pregnant teens mm-hmm. um, these funds are used to pay for anything from prenatal vitamins to mm-hmm. uh, prenatal doctor's visits with mm-hmm. a midwife or a nurse or a doctor mm-hmm. um, to pay for the labor and delivery costs at the hospital and then the, the nursery costs at the end, even mm-hmm. a little package for the baby with some some clothing and diapers and things like mm-hmm. that. So uh, it costs uh, – we've figured out in American dollars it costs roughly $450 on average. Of course, it, it varies from mm-hmm. case to case. Yeah. But on average, about $450 for an entire pregnancy. That's actually an incredible, incredible price. Uh, but – the idea is to help these girls get through this phase. Mm-hmm. And, of course, accompanied with all of that is all of this amazing support that you guys are providing mm-hmm. in the home or in the community. And mm-hmm. and this is one of the changes now. Not only are you helping girls in in the shelter, but mm-hmm. you have also are working with local hospitals. You guys have now got um, basically safe spaces set up mm-hmm. in the hospital mm-hmm. uh, where girls from the community can – come have a safe place where they're not being scorned for mm-hmm. being a teenager who's pregnant. Uh, and you guys are, again, working with them, counseling them, mm-hmm. um, praying with them. You're using a lot of the material that, that mom has brought and mm-hmm. taught you guys in terms of how to counsel people through the trauma of this. And uh, so, anyway, the part that we can play at Impact Nations right now uh, in this month is to contribute to the uh, Survive to Thrive campaign. So uh, if you'd like to learn more about that, just head to impactnations.com slash thrive. Uh, you can give there. I know many of the people who are watching here today have already given. Thank you so much. I am very happy to report that we're pretty much uh, – t- I think we're about three-quarters of the way to our, our budget. So mm-hmm. we're we're trying to raise $20,000, which, by the way, is being matched right now until uh, – that's why I say until May 23rd. Those, there's matching dollars, so every time you give, it's doubled. Uh, mm-hmm. So our goal of $20,000, uh, we're already at 15000 out of that 20000 that has been raised. Thank you for all who have given. If you haven't had a chance yet, it's not too late. Uh, please head there today, impactnations.com slash thrive, mm-hmm. and give. And that those funds go straight to the remnant generation 
And by the way, uh, you know, you said, hey, we didn't go looking for your audited books and all those things mm-hmm. when we started our relationship about four and a half years ago mm-hmm. or so. Um, but we do scale things. Like, like So yeah. you talked about that initial project mm-hmm. was, hey, how can we help? We see mm-hmm. you have a need here. What can we do? And you said, oh, we need beds and bedding and stuff like that. So we started small. That was a relatively mm-hmm. small project. You guys knocked it out of the park. You did exactly what you said you'd do. You mm-hmm. showed us the receipts. You showed us photos of, uh, of what you guys were doing mm-hmm. there. And that built trust. And so as we work with partners, we do our best not to lay onerous things on our partners that mm-hmm. would actually keep them from doing the work that needs to be done. But at the same time, we start small and scale up so mm. we can build trust and know that you guys are doing what you say you're going to do. And, and, and building capacity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Really it, good point. Yeah. You've done a great, you know, with, with our relationship with Impact Nations has come with a lot of capacity building, with a lot of learning together. Yeah. Uh, through Impact Nations, we got introduced to the alternative business um, mm. no model, and that was not just a blessing to the girls, but also to yeah. us as a ministry. Then realized we needed to, you know, have budgets and you know have proper planning and stuff like that. And just going back and forth with Tim because I get the opportunity to ha- work with him a lot, and um, I get to you know receive all the hard questions and the knocks, and that <laughs> has come, um, you know, and helped us really. He he. You've helped me a lot with critical thinking mm. as a leader. And I'm so glad that there is opportunity for us to grow uh, with Impact Nations yeah. as partners and to get better, not just at what we do for the people we serve, but also in the health of the, of the ministry in terms of management, in terms of critical thinking, in terms of thinking through the details of every program that we are doing. And that has really been a big blessing. Yeah. yeah, it's been hard, but yeah, worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- things yeah. worth doing are often hard, but yeah. definitely worth doing. Yeah. Uh, and the fruit of that has been incredible. Great. And, and I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask about mm-hmm. where you guys started, because now you, you said you had how many graduates last year from the School of Purpose? Um, over 200. Over 200. Yeah. And how many are you expecting this year? Uh, 445. <laughs> <laughs> that's Doubled. amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you guys did that during COVID. So yeah. here, I want to talk a little bit about that. And just a shout out to those who are watching and listening. Uh, Randeep, I see, is, oh. is on there. Chagusa's there. Uh, Debbie, Cindy, Crazy Love. Hey, guys, it's awesome to see you, Cindy. Uh, it's just a, a joy to have you guys joining us. And mm-hmm. I know you guys are are huge champions of what Annabelle is doing mm-hmm. and are praying for her regularly and things like that. So um, could you tell us a little bit about how you pulled off such growth in the midst of a worldwide pandemic? So schools were closed and children were at home and everyone was supposed to be under lockdown apart from remnant generation. We're getting all these phone calls of girls that are being abused, um, you know, girls being found in drainage, you know, spaces, um, ripped and be- becoming unconscious. Uh, and all social, most of the social services in Uganda, we are, we are closed. Organizations, many of them are closed down because of funding. Donor, like the COVID scare just hit the world without no one was ready for it. So, every, you know, many people were pulling out finances and they're like, okay, we're holding that project. And, and so there was just too much risk. And the rate of abuse, the report recently that came out uh, verified statistics by, the, by police, 14,000 mm. cases of defilement, wow. you know, and rape in Uganda. Yeah. And we realized that the children were more at risk being at home and that shouldn't be even expected, but it, that is what it what happened. Um, a few weeks ago, we had a headline: two hundred children defiled by their own fathers, and then these girls, and you know, many of them ended up getting pregnant. So then we said, okay, we have this thing that we know: uh, when children are idle and they're not occupied, and uh, they they don't have a safe space to talk about um, these things and what they are going through, they don't know how to access help. We are going to just, you know, it's just going to escalate and it's going to be um, out of control. So we sat and realized, okay, we we can do something. Government opened up a little, I think after, you know, two months and they were allowing gatherings of uh, 20, you know, I mean, a maximum of 20 people. And we went ahead and um, asked for permission from the RDC in our area, which is Lubaga Division. And we asked for permission to meet girls from the communities in simple groups because we could not bring them to the shelter. 
our school of purpose initially has always been at the shelter and now because of covid we couldn't bring people from outside and we said okay so let's go and get permission and get permission for our staff and permission for small gatherings um to just get these girls sit somewhere so we got interesting spaces school you know churches were closed so no one was coming to church and there was empty space in church so we went out and asked for church space we asked for school space we asked for um local leaders that had big compounds and you know big verandas so that we do not transfer co- covid <laughs> from one community to another yeah. and then just made sure that we had too much sanitizer face shields and uh, masks for the safety of our staff and went out and said well we need to have we ran um uh, an awareness campaign so that girls and and other children even boys got really abused during covid uh, lockdown but then realized we could do we use that opportunity to pr- have printed material uh, for them to have numbers they can call uh you know to know how to access help when they know that they are experiencing abuse so that they are not dying in the inside the houses um that also came with identifying you know families that were really really struggling to feed and eat during that season and um you know this the by the children coming together these girls coming together from the communities young mothers that were um now had lost business um they were not able to work they were not able to feed their families many resp- fathers that were responsible for babies left you know walked away um and uh, abandoned families so with this opportunity for us to have now the skilling taken to the communities at re- specific reception centers with schools and churches and local leaders compounds we were able to just gather 10 to you know 10 to 15 you know some groups had 20 other groups had um uh, 15 um uh, students all together and we were teaching them you know liquid making liquid soap and everyone was washing hands <laughs> <laughs> everyone was washing hands there was an, a huge need for soap yeah. so that really really worked well like Brilliant. you know families mothers we are learning together with their uh, you know daughters and they started making soap and supplying every home had to had to have soap and bath soap is expensive so liquid mm-hmm. soap was a great alternative um so they, they you know there was making soap they learned how to make reusable sanitary pads which was a huge need during that time even still is um reusable sanitary pads and exciting about that is that um we had a report from Liantonde where girls were you know struggling to keep you know to get access sanitary towels and um, there was just going in to sleep with men so that they cannot go into periods. Oh. You know. So when when we received this report from our staff team in Liantonde, the girls that were in at the skilling centers in Kampala came up with a project that they called Sister Love and they made 400 reusable sanitary pads, 400 wow. packs. <laughs> and in every That's... pack uh they put, you know, I think there were five five pieces of reusable sand shields and then they put in the different layers and then they wrote a note um wow. to that to the girls <laughs> um you know in and telling them you know you, you know dear sister you can do this we, yeah. we are with you we are standing with you and we got to deliver those in the Antonde and distribute to the most vulnerable so we went down to the communities where we know for sure that these girls were being affected and they didn't have access to these sanitary towels and we give, give them out and interestingly we were giving it, them out to girls and even the mothers, mothers yeah. needed wow. them yeah. you know they didn't have what to use so and then during t- that 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 season as well we realized that um you know so many girls were not going to be able you know to go back to school because of um you know parents had lost sources of income it meant many of them were not going to afford to go back to school there was a lot of uncertainty of when schools will reopen and all those different things and this opportunity for us to do community based skilling opened our eyes to the potential that can uh, happen in terms of community transformation we are able to talk to the leaders were able to engage the parents on issues of child protection and and safeguarding were able to reach more um girls you know teenage mothers if, uh, identifying them in vulnerable situations were able to walk alongside families that were struggling to feed their children during the covid lockdown and still you know this was made possible with support from impact nations and who was doing all the teaching you had the alumni these, you had all these groups <laughs> yeah. out in the community 
And you don't have enough staff yeah. to do all the teaching. Mm-hmm. So who who was going out and teaching? Our alumni. Thank you, ma'am. I almost <laughs> missed that part. So remember, when businesses shut down, we had graduated girls over the years that were really, you know, had been established and doing greatly. Some had started um, sewing projects and they were already, you know, making money. Others had gone into that events Uh, businesses, they were doing weddings, they are cooking at uh, big, you know, uh, events and decorating in hotels. Now, all of a sudden, everything shut down and they lost employment. There were no events to decorate. Um, No one was buying new clothes, definitely. (laughs) So, you know, no one was taking their materials to be sold. Mm -hmm. And um, but these girls had gone through the school of purpose and had learned skills and they had the responsibility to care for their families. They had young babies to feed. Many of them were like the sole breadwinners now uh, for their homes with other siblings to take care of and realize that, well, this could be a great opportunity for them to come and become trainers um, and train other girls and earn an income. So we'd really put in a pay for them to come and do that training. And uh, they now were part of, you know, helping other girls go through a hard time and, uh, and, that also meant an opportunity for them to earn an income. Awesome. Yeah. One of the things that you uh, mentioned was this beautiful project that this is the first I've heard about it, mm-hmm. about them sewing the 400 yeah. packs. So uh, when girls have their period, when women have their period in Africa, it's very difficult because they can't afford sanitary supplies. And so they often mm-hmm. either drop out of school or, as you said, choose to go down a, a path that's rough. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to understand the culture of of defilement and abuse and rape mm-hmm. Uh, and then abandonment. So a girl might not even know about sexual intercourse, and mm-hmm. then she finds herself pregnant. She doesn't know what's happening, and her mother doesn't know that there's been the incest, and then she kicks her out on the street. Mm. Um, and and it the cycle can just go on and on. But one of the things that you touched on earlier, I wanted to come back to, you actually have a staff person, mm-hmm. at least one, mm-hmm. whose job it is, to interact with the family. Yes. Can you just talk for a moment about how does that work? Does it work? Do the, do, can you change that mindset? Mm-hmm. So we do, like you have shared, mom, a lot. Oh, I think we've got gone offline. Okay, we are back. So um, we do a lot of um, engagement with families. And this is why. Because at the end of that day, mom, these girls need to go back home they're teenagers they are teenagers they're children you know sometimes when we even say the word teenagers you're thinking maybe uh just they're at a stage where they have this big strong will you know kind of self-driven graduates yeah (laughs) and that's not what it is for us back home you can be 13 or 15 and you're in primary five you know, and some of these girls have not even been to school they have not had the opportunity to go through the school program all right. Um, so why we engage parents is because most of the abuse is happening at home. Mm-hmm. Most of the abuse is happening at home. Actually, three out of five girls that are you know, sexually abused, it is by people that are known to them right. in their homes. It's right. fathers, it's brothers, it's grandparents. And so for us to be able to break the, the cycle of abuse, we need to go where it is coming from. And I believe that, you know, there is a reason why God identifies himself to us as father. And he calls us children because I think he really values family. And for us to be able to, have most of these evils that we see in the world today as a result of brokenness at family level. So we go down to engage these parents and sometimes it's hard. It's hard, especially where there has been incest Mm -hmm. because culturally we are told not to talk about these things. You know, you don't talk about it. We have seen girls reporting to police about their fathers abusing them and the mothers defend you know, their husbands, why they want to keep their marriage. Yeah. They want to protect their, you know, dignity. Don't bring shame. Don't, you know, but it, there is a girl that is being abused 
and the pain and 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 the hole that is in there you know is is just too deep and too much so have you had some success yeah we have had families? some success yeah. we have had some successes where parents have you know particularly accepted to take responsibility mm -hmm. and take the girls back we have had some mothers be brave enough um to see their husbands being taken to jail and take their daughters home. Uh, we have also had um, some success with families that are not biological families, that are foster families, mm. that have opened up their homes to take in a teenage mother and her child. And that's what it's going to take, yes. really, to bring that safety to society. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about that here in North America. You were telling me that you're going to St. Louis mm -hmm. and going to be addressing some of those issues. Even in North America, we mm -hmm. have these issues of, you know, it's all very well to be anti-abortion, but these these people, these women, whether they're teenagers or older, they need safe homes. Mm -hmm. They need emotional support. They need financial support. And you were telling me in St. Louis, you're going to have an opportunity yeah. to share with a group there. Mm -hmm. I want to circle back to one more thing. Um, you told me yesterday that there were not even laws. Mm. So someone takes someone to the jail and wants them dealt with because of the injustice. Mm. But there were not laws on your books that, mm -hmm. that would back this up. Mm -hmm. But things are changing. Yes. Can, you, can you share about that? Yes. Um, so w for a long time, we have struggled with access to justice. And I think, um, you know, perhaps many of us are familiar with the phase that... Uh, Justice delayed is justice denied. And when people do things and there is no consequences <laughs> to them, they yeah, they do it again because what you reward is what thrives, mm -hmm. you know. So if we are, I mean, I, I, for a long time there has been um, uh, a lot of failure to have, you know, cases concluded and uh, sentences passed. Many abusers have had the opportunity to corrupt them, pay themselves pay the out. Yeah, they pay, they pay themselves out of the crime. And at the end of the day, it is the girl who is carrying the pain, the pregnancy and the, the, the shame and the, you know, and now being victimized for reporting and having to worry for her life when the abuser is walking, you know, freely. So for a long time, we've been praying and adding our voice and um, being intentional on um, um, pushing for the pa passing of the sexual offenders bill because we knew that this was very important uh, for justice for survivors of sexual abuse and and not just girls but you know in general because sexual abuse can happen to anyone at any time so recently we, we our parliament passed the bill uh, the sexual offenders bill Though of course there has been lots it's, it is broad it covers marriage aspects it covers gender based violence it covers many things at different levels so we are still and and the parliament realized that they needed uh, to have this passed. And at, 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 at another level, we also had an engagement with Kampala Capital City Authority. For a long time, our city, you know, authority was not recognizing the need uh, to to have policies, to have intentional activities towards addressing issues of sexual abuse and teenage pregnancy in the city. Uh, because vulnerability in the city is very disguised, you're seeing people driving, you're seeing buildings, yet behind those buildings in the slums, when you go down to the brothels, when you go down, there is a lot of commercial sex exploitation. There are young children that are being trafficked, um, you know, brought into sex trade. I mean, a lot has been going on. And we had an engagement um, in March, uh, in April. Yes, in April before I left Uganda. So exciting. And um, it was really, you know, God. Um, we just saw the hand of God over that and favor as we engaged the policymakers and the ministries and the Ministry of Health and we education. all and Ministry of yeah. Education and police. Um, and we left that compound that day with a concrete plan and commitments on what is going to be done. Yes, and <laughs> there is, you know, already action that is, you know. There is follow-up spaces. We have, after that, we've had meetings. We are pushing for the safe motherhood um, idea that you've been mentioning, um, that we started with one hospital and realized that it is working. It is possible to have this rollout in all government hospitals if there is, um, you know, government takes it up and Ministry of Health picked this and they are now, you know, 
pushing for every government facility. And you're, um, you're referencing specifically that. this uh, specific space yes. for pregnant teens yes. where they can come and not be ostracized yes. because that's a real problem. Exactly. Yeah. That is why girls, we are not going, they are not accessing maternal healthcare services yeah. and delivering babies at home and mm. dying. Uh, we, we, that day when we had that symposium, we got to learn that 17.4% of the maternal death that we get in Uganda and that is 18 women dying every day from uh, as a oh. result of childbirth are teenage mothers. Yeah. 17.4%. You know? And so we, we and and it was just I mean we, it doesn't need to take rocket science for us to realize that we needed to do something and I'm glad that you know with the amazing team at home that our health team has really been pushing for this and on the front lines um to see that we are getting this concept rolled out in different hospitals at government yeah. level. That's yes. amazing. Yeah, you're seeing just such incredible favor uh, in in being invited mm-hmm. to have a voice at the table mm-hmm. with, with national leaders, mm-hmm. really. Um, hey, guys, I, I wanted to remind you, if you have questions for Annabelle, now's the time. We're probably going to go for another 10 minutes and then wrap up. So if you had a question on anything she said so far, or if there was something you wanted her to talk about, uh, just write that in the in the chat, and we'll be sure to uh, make sure we're discussing that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> could you maybe just share one story with us. Um, by the way, I'm not going to show it here. Maybe we'll show it right at the very end as we wrap up, if people yeah. want to stick around and see it. But, uh, there was a, a documentary that came out just a, a few days ago, maybe a week ago on, uh, one of the girls, one of the first girls who came through the remnant generation mm-hmm. programs. Um, and, the amazing things that have happened in her life since then. And she is now one of those who is I've a cried part three of, times <laughs> just watching, watching the movie. And yeah. you already knew the story. You already knew the ending. Um, yeah. I, maybe that's what we'll do. Isaiah will, uh, at the end of this, as we wrap up, we can mm-hmm. just play that for those who'd like to see it. If you didn't get a chance, but, uh, a young woman named Rubina mm-hmm. and just the incredible story of rescue. And she certainly is thriving now. Yeah. Um, but is there one other story that, that you'd like to share that, that just touches your heart in terms of a, a girl who has been, rescued mm-hmm. uh, gone through that restoration process mm-hmm. and has been released um, just ready to achieve all that the lord's put on her heart to do wow it's it's hard to hard pick to choose, one right? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to choose one really god has been faithful um but quickly i will maybe pick on to uh, a girl that you know her name is linda that's what i was going to suggest <laughs> <laughs> Holy Spirit. So uh, her name is Linda. And uh, Linda, we found this young woman, um, you know, she had experienced abuse and had been forced to have an abortion um, and had gone through just a lot of brokenness and um, had, you know, been gang raped and stayed at some point, had to live in the gutters you know just Mm -hmm. you know that's where because she was homeless and when finally she got uh, people that took her in uh, they expected her to work you know and be able to feed for herself care for everything and it was a struggle she didn't have money so one time she gets a boyfriend and you know gets convinced that maybe we can start our life together and things just didn't work out mm-hmm. definitely. And um, on her way, one time, you know, to just find um, money, like just get to buy clothes and sell. She was wanting to do like cloth vending for somebody. Um, she gets beaten up and gang raped and all the money taken away. Mm. And um, so she comes to zero. I remember that, that I think that was the first time Mama Christina came to do the Arise Princess seminar, the healing program. We had just met this girl referred by a friend who picked her and invited her to stay with with her um, for a few days. And they're like, you know, I don't know where else I'm going to refer you to, but let, let's see what happens. So he gets to learn about remnant generation and refers her to us. And she was walking at least for one and a half hours every day to come to the school of purpose and to go back home. Oh, my goodness. You know? Every day. And yet she would never be late. I, you know, mm-hmm. remember, like she would be very early, whether it has rained, whether it's there is sunshine, like she will always come early. Yeah. And she came to the school of purpose, very broken and, you know, 
very hurting. Every time we talk about, you know, God and healing and love, like she would just break down. Yeah. So Mama Christina comes out with a team and that that is the year we decided that we don't want to start the school of purpose here without a healing seminar because realize it is it it doesn't help a lot to get girls you know pumped up with business ideas and skills when their hearts are not in the They're right place yeah. yeah so we decided well we believe in the power of god we believe in deliverance so why not bring the deliverance anointed woman of god um <laughs> to just come down with a group of women and we didn't know actually how that was going to you know come all together it was the first time we were doing it and oof, we thought deliverance was for girls it ended up being for staff anyway that's a story for another day but um she god god healed this young woman and the transformation that has happened after that has been incredible mm. she's she went ahead and graduated as actually one of the best students for that year she started um uh, she was very, you know she was doing tailoring but she was also like she was just mouth gifted she did yeah. the decorations and and she did the bookmaking like she, just in every skill she was excelling she was so passionate and ready to see transformation happening mm -hmm. and she had siblings at home that literally she knew she had to go back to and give hope and be like you know the big sister even when she wasn't the eldest so um she worked hard graduated uh started doing everything like you know how the, a, a girl is so self-driven for at every opportunity she jumps at it and um so we got to know she she bought herself a sewing machine she was saving money and bought herself an electric sewing machine wow. so and then before we know it she's like auntie i want to start my workshop so she finds a house says i know i, I need three months rent i have one month's rent will you help me top up so we topped up that for her. She paid three months of rent, had her electric sewing machine, shared, um, you know, shared a, a space with another colleague so that she could afford to pay, um, you know, to, to keep it going. And then guess what? Finds other girls that want to learn tailoring and says, you know, you come and I will show you how to, to perfect it like an apprenticeship opportunity and they have to pay for it <laughs> you know and then she started doing that, that. and uh, joyful yes yeah. so now the second time I think the second or third time that Mama Christina comes down with these ladies which are one of the places we take her to and she didn't expect she would take her to Linda's workshop hmm. so I hadn't seen her since the inner healing seminar. yeah and now I walk into this bright cheerful fabulous shop mm -hmm. and she's telling us all about her business and we're taking photos. It was very exciting. Yes. You know, and, and you know, she now goes ahead and designs like she's, um, you know, she's just so passionate. She goes ahead and designs, um, you know, family photo shoots. If you want to have a family photo shoot and wow. you want to have matching <laughs> outfits. So she just, you know, gets all these and, you know, just does that. There was graduation season for university students yeah. and she went ahead and said, well, you want a graduation dress? I can make you an outstanding design. And, you know, she she's just a go-getter. Mm. And um, she's one of the girls now that has led the uh, the girls' uh, business club for the tailoring, where they are now yeah. making mama kits, you know, mama essential yeah. essentials. Yeah. She comes down and she, with all everything that she has to do, she comes down and provides training support to the girls um, at, at, at the center. Yeah. Didn't she buy a house for her mom? Um, she's she's renting, yeah. She's renting a house for her for the mother. Wow. Um, you know, she's been meeting lots of bills for her siblings yeah. and providing care and support. So when we step in to work with a girl and you know rescue that one life, you never know the ripple yeah, the, effect exactly, that yeah. comes with that. Yeah. But you can literally see uh, what invest is investment in rescuing lives what the ministry that impact nations in, is doing mm. and sometimes you you guys we may send a few stories we may send a few videos but and many but may, there are many things that are happening that you're not seeing yeah. but i just wanted to say to all the partners of impact nations and to uh that's the president and the founders <laughs> and <laughs> right here that you are literally rescuing lives mm. in the full sense of the word and not just those single lives that you get to read about but generations yeah. because their children 
their families, yep. their communities Absolutely. are being transformed. Mm. And for that, we are eternally grateful. Amen. Amen. <laughs> this is so good. Uh, so a quick question from uh, Heather at Crazy Love. Uh, she's asking, how has COVID impacted your community and ministry? Mm. And what additional resources do you need as a result? Uh, you talked about how COVID actually provided mm-hmm. an opportunity for multiplication. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there has also been negative effects, yes. things that have mm-hmm. made life much more difficult for mm-hmm. you guys. Can you just speak to that for a moment? Yeah. Um, First of all, the prices have gone high for mm. many things. So literally that affected our budget. Yeah. And um, we also lost some partners because of COVID. People like restructured and decided, you know, they're either not going to continue funding giving. Partners. Yeah, funding yeah. partners. So they're not going to continue giving and which significantly also affected our um, expected support coming sure. in uh, from other partners because we are blessed that Impact Nations does the skilling program and now the health part but we need to feed the girls we need to uh, pay the staff we have rent costs we have you know clothing we have all these other things that still need to happen so that is one of the negative ways like really COVID affected us greatly and yet the numbers the need just kept growing. And um, so we realized that we needed to um, recreate, like reimagine uh, several aspects of our ministry, uh, looking at how do we now collaborate with churches and yeah. work alongside uh, already existing institutions to see that we, 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 we are able to do more outreach, but also leverage on existing resources uh, to be able to do more. But even when we go to the churches, of course, they have the space, they have the chairs, they have some people that are willing to join the team to provide counseling. But, you know, it, it it's going to take some form of financial resource for that to happen. And, um, of course, the numbers have doubled of the girls that we are working with. Um, it, it we, we found ourselves as sharing Mama Christina yesterday that uh, we it, it's necessary for us for us now to have another shelter because now the shelter we have is very small and we cannot have all the girls coming in yet with the COVID um, pandemic the rates of abuse increased and more girls need safe spaces and in Uganda we still we have very few. Uh, organizations that have shelters like we do so that you know we have had girls you know sleeping in hospitals longer than they need to because yeah. we, we are still figuring out how to resettle them especially in Liantonde uh, where they are far from Kampala and and yet you know they need to to go back to hospital reviews they need somebody to care for them um, you know their parents just walked away and left left home you know left right. the children yeah. left they never came back so now we have to family to find family to do family tracing some girls are living with hiv they need specialized nutrition um and arvs so it is all these things that um uh that had came in and the emotional <laughs> trauma that sure. comes with this work yeah i i know usually it's, i get mom christina to you know to be the one that receives all my tears um but it's heavy it's heavy yeah. when you're dealing with um, with a lot of these stories every day. You don't get used to it. No, I you can don't. imagine. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> I, I mean, finances is the short answer and prayer. Mm-hmm. Lots mm-hmm. of prayer. Yes. Um, so we're with you guys. We're praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I wish we could just keep going and going, but we should <laughs> probably time. stop. But yeah. uh, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much. Thank you for um, having me. Impact Nation's family. This is your family. Meet your sister. Uh, Annabelle, in the same way that you have several times today just said, you know, we we couldn't do it without Impact Nations. In the same way, Impact Nations wouldn't be what we are without you and your entire team at the Remnant Generation. And you need to know, uh, and listeners know this, we're bragging on you guys all the time. We're cheering you on. Uh, We're we're praying for you. We're just, we're so proud of the work you're doing. Thank you for carrying our heart to these young women who are going to thrive because of your intervention. That's the really big gospel. Amen. Uh, Folks, I, I wish we could just keep going, but we better stop. So if what you've seen, heard today uh, is an encouragement to you, if it's something you want to participate in, uh, help us rescue young women. We've Again, we've set a goal for 100 young girls who are escaping uh, defilement, sexual abuse, 
homelessness in some cases, rescuing them, getting the care they need for their pregnancy, all of the medical costs that are associated with that pregnancy. Uh, and we've set a goal for $20,000, which is being matched up to a maximum of $40,000 total. Uh, we need your help today. Uh, if you'd go to impactnations.com slash thrive, join us in rescuing these young women. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for those who've been with us live, thank you so much. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast later, uh, if you've got questions, uh, for myself or Annabelle about, uh, the programs, if you just write to podcast at impactnations.com, uh, I'll be sure to be able to answer those, uh, or, uh, pass on any comments or questions, uh, to Annabelle as well. Uh, and Hey, keep an eye out. We will eventually return to international travel when all of this crazy mm-hmm. nightmare of COVID is over. Uh, and I would really encourage you come join us in Uganda sometime mm-hmm. and see the work that is being done. Uh, meet Annabelle's team. They're just an incredible team of people who are loving on these girls every single day mm-hmm. and meet some of these young women that we're ministering to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annabelle, thank you so much for being here. Folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, We're going to leave you now with uh, a video that uh, I mentioned earlier. If you haven't seen it, stick around. Uh, This is uh, Rubina. Yeah. Pastor Randip says he wants me to go to India and train. <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh, that was one thing I ran out of time. I really wanted to. You told us that yesterday yeah. uh, over lunch. I'll just say it very, very quickly. One of the amazing things that I heard from you yesterday mm-hmm. was the incredible uh, family of Impact Nations partners. We talk about the Impact Nations family, but, uh, you know, on one end of the equation mm-hmm. is this incredible family of donors. And on the other end of the equation is this incredible family of partners who are not just working independently, but are really working together. And you're talking about, you know, you work with Trinity, you work with Mike, you work with Randeep to exchange ideas, to strengthen one another, Mm -hmm. uh, to get advice, wisdom, to pray for one another. Uh, And it's really heartwarming for me to hear the way you guys are reaching out to one another to to build each other's ministries. So thank you, Pastor Randeep and everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, indeed it is. We love you. Thanks so much. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.